You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers defeat Elon by the score of 96-72. to I'm your host, uh, Coach Brian Tonsoni. Jared Morris is actually the host, but he's putting Teddy to bed right now. Uh, so I'm filling in uh, until the bench comes back uh, in about 15, 20 minutes. I'm here with Ryan Phillips, and we're going to break it down for you uh, tonight on this edition of the IU Post Game Show uh, but let's start uh, the show uh, the way we start every show, and that is with our, our banner moment. And I, I think for me the banner moment was the ability to get some guys some playing time uh, that did not uh, get to play. A little surprised but understanding why Trace Jackson Davis did not play. Uh, you had uh, the injury to X, so you're down two starters. And, and I think that uh, it, it helped some people who do play in Jalen hood Shafino get a lot of run and get comfortable at running the point because he's going to have to do that. And I also think uh, C.J. Gunn uh, had, had a really nice run, and Logan Duncan too. These guys can play. They've been biding their time. Uh, and when they got their, their time, uh, they were able to do something with it. I thought the key uh, moment, though, was uh, after a, a close first half, um, which saw six of eight shooting by Elon, from three uh, with seven minutes to go, I thought there was a really good uh, a stretch of play, uh, especially by Race Thompson, uh, to stretch that lead out uh, to 35-27 with 4.34 to go in a half and then up 18 at the half and put the game away. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, the defense, we can talk about that, was uh, Ryan was uh, some good, some bad, still some issues, uh, I think, for Indiana. But overall, I thought the zone attack, once it got settled in, I thought Indiana did a nice job uh, on the zone. So the the banner moment for me is just to seeing C.J. Gunn play uh, and seeing Jalen hood um, you know, run, run the show. So as we do every show, it's now time. To talk uh, about our sponsor and our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel. Now in their sixth season of sponsoring the assembly call and their second as a presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. As you surely know by now, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison. And if you support other college teams or have people in your life who do, Homefield probably has something for them too. Their product line now extends to more than 120 different schools with unique vintage logos for all of them. Uh, obviously, uh, I'm a big home field fan. Love seeing uh, new podcasts and new national shows being sponsored uh, by home field and spreading uh, the great home field experience. Uh, get to home field and buy some good college gear. So no matter what you buy, you know it's going to be comfortable. Colors last through many washings. And you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. What else uh, is better than that? So... Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME for 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, that website is Homefield Apparel. Wear one for the team. Okay, now it's time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. As I said, Jared Morris is putting Teddy to bed. He'll be here with his thoughts. Uh, And uh, Ryan Phillips, uh, 
What are your thoughts today on uh, this uh, game, non-conference game against a, a 300-level team, uh, but nonetheless uh, a game that uh, Indiana needed to have after a couple tough losses? Your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't think they started well, and I, I tweeted that out. I, re- I really thought they were sleepwalking through the first portion of the game, and, and I think a guy leading that charge was Jalen Huchifino. I thought he looked slow. I thought he looked lethargic. I thought he just didn't look – you know, focused. I don't know if he wasn't warmed up or what it's. And then as the game went along, you started to see the guy that we expect and, and the guy that Indiana, quite frankly, is going to need moving forward with Xavier Johnson on the shelf for at least possibly the season and at least a very long time. Um, I just thought the the beginning was not good for the third straight game. And, and if you count Rutgers, was it four or five now? Uh, they just haven't been opening games well. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but it is concerning. What I will say is this game started to pick up. I've got to give a lot of credit to Miller cop who gets more grief on Twitter from Indiana fans than anybody on the team. And I thought he played really well, especially in the first half, hitting a couple big threes to kind of keep them ahead. And, and he was trying to pump everybody up and he made it, he made a nice play inside. And I thought he was moving well on defense. Tamar Bates came in and hit a couple jumpers to really help them kind of keep Elon at arm's length a little bit. And then what happened is the guys who haven't been playing played and brought the energy that the first line guys haven't had. I thought Logan Duncan played really well with a lot of energy. He was running the floor every single time. Something we haven't seen from the whole roster. He was sprinting up and down the floor, up and back. Uh, you know, I mean, skill wise, he's, he's at a deficit compared to some of the other guys. But the dude plays hard, and he tries. And and the more he plays, the the better he's going to look. CJ Gunn brought a lot of energy. Uh, it was nice seeing those guys get in the game and and provide a boost when I didn't think the starters had it at the beginning. I think Race Thompson was a little slow at the beginning. I think he got that lob, and that sort of started getting him going. He had a couple buckets before that, but I thought that lob really got him focused, and and he started to look like Race Thompson, you know, that we've seen before with four blocks in in thirty minutes. Uh, but the key to this game was those young guys who haven't been playing. They came in and showed what they can do. And even when they weren't making good plays, I mean, CJ Gunn, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't have any turnovers, but he was a little loose with the ball and that kind of, you know, threw off some plays and, and, you know, some fast breaks, maybe got a little ahead of himself, but still the effort and energy were there. He only hit one of four threes. Didn't matter. The effort and energy were there. Um, Caleb Banks too, also just being athletic out there, mixing it up. When you don't have those starters, you need somebody to do that. And quite frankly, again, the leadership of this team hasn't been providing a huge spark over the last two weeks or so. It was nice to see the backups do it today. Yeah, and and you and I have, have just a little different take on the start. And I see where, you know, if you look at the score at 27-25, 6-55, I think it, it definitely uh, shows they that. They made a um, couple crazy shots. I'm, I'm not, I don't yeah. disagree with you on that that they made some shots and, and, and it was difficult. But I, I really thought Indiana ran good action uh, against the zone. I, I thought uh, Jalen hood Shafino was feeding the post from the very beginning and running the show. I thought he got an offensive, a great defensive rebound. I wrote down at 15-10 uh, early in the game. The shot making wasn't there early is, is what I, I will agree with you. And the shot making for Elon uh, was um, – you know, I just didn't uh, think th- happening. I didn't think they, so I didn't think they were running up and down the floor very well. And again, they may, you know, it may be just a hangover from the last game. I don't know what it was, but it just felt like they were a little, they were a step slow to start when 
this is an opportunity to blow these guys' doors off. I know, I know that doesn't always happen in college basketball, and and you know, you don't make shots, you're not gonna blow. But I didn't think they came out with a whole lot of purpose, and that developed as the first half went along, and it got better. I think that when they started subbing guys in, it started to get better, and then those starters came back and played better. But I thought that first wave, I really didn't think they played well. I think that there were some good possessions on both ends. But it just wasn't cohesive, and and that's why Elon was allowed to do that. Now Elon made some tough shots, but they also had Indiana also screwed up a lot of defensive rotation, left guys wide open, you know, off of off of kicks and passes. Now that happens, but it probably shouldn't happen consistently against a three hundred level team for Indiana. Yeah, I think there's some things defensively that that need to be cleaned up. One of which is, and, and Trace Jackson Davis said it after the Kansas game, the drop coverage is causing problems at the rim. It's also causing a tag to be coming in from the wing, and you're seeing guys getting clean looks from the wing. So I, I agree with you there. I, I just I, I thought uh, I, I just thought it was a, a pretty good performance overall uh, from Indiana, given the fact that it is Elon. Is after a couple big hype games and travel. Uh, sometimes those games are hard to get up for. They they shouldn't be. Uh, anytime you play college Agreed. basketball, you should be Especially you should be ready ready to go uh, at, at home. But but to me, it was it was just shot making that was the difference. And and I think I texted you guys. I think this is going to explode out a little bit, and and it did in the second half. The other thing I will mention is I think the cumulative effect of how Indiana plays. Uh, they could have played better, but I think the cumulative effect of of the size of the the number of players they played and the intensity with which they played with wore down Elon in in, in multiple stretches of the first half and then definitely uh, in the in the second half. And and so I, I just. I was really interested to see what Indiana was going to run. And when I heard Elon was playing zone, I just kept track of what they're running. I thought Coach Woodson, and, and I've been a big critic of his offense and, and what he does and his finger on the, on the pulse and having to put kids in position. I thought what they ran against the zone all night was really good stuff. Uh, multiple stuff. The, a baseline runner action to start the second half was outstanding with the center screen. A 1-4 high that he stole from Hubie Brown. Yeah. And I know that because I stole the 1-4 high zone entry from Hubie Brown, and I call it Hubie. Uh, Coach, you probably it, stole it from it, you. It's, let's be yeah, real. No, it's, no. It's just it's stealing from a, from a thief. It's, if you want to know basketball, listen to Hubie Brown. Um, but it, it's, it's nice because it, it puts pressure on the backside of, of the zone, and they ran that uh, two or three times early. And that's where I felt – early Indiana was running good action the execution might not have been there maybe you know we can agree to disagree on the intensity and maybe they weren't totally into it that's why they didn't make shots but I thought coach Woodson did a good job I really liked him getting on CJ Gunn after his three uh, pistols or whatever um, that CJ shouldn't be popping that collar Uh, so tonight I'm a little bit more positive about what what coach Woodson did with his rotations and and how he handled the team Uh, welcome Jared Morris to the show and Teddy uh, how, how you doing we we got a guest tonight. Who wants to go to bed? On it's it's winter, right? It's, it's Andy Bonner's replacement. We're we're having a little bit of a a crying, screaming tantrum. So it's basically like the IU Kansas post game show, really. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty much. So we just thought we'd do a little reset and come check in on how you guys are doing. Uh, we're off to a good start, except my earphones popped out and went halfway across the room. Very nice. Yeah, I, uh, that. that you know, my big takeaway from this game uh, was really, you know, I think, uh, look, it was going to be kind of a weird game without Trace in there with no X, you know, coming off some high intensity games. This obviously was a lower one. So it was you know, interesting to see how the guys came out. And I really thought tonight, uh, you know, Miller Cop, CJ Gunn, Logan Duncombe, 
really just played hard. You know, I thought several of the guys, Tamar Bates, you know, really made a point, uh, you know, to play hard, give a lot of effort. You know, Race Thompson obviously did a lot of old school Race Thompson scoring in the post, which we're probably not going to see, you know, against tougher competition. But it was nice to see him step up and kind of take on that leadership role. So it was kind of an imperfect start, you know, but I thought really from the middle of the first half uh, and then, you know, after kind of a slow start in the second half, you know, Jalen really got it going. You know, he had those two uh, two turnovers, two missed shots to start out, and then, you know, scored 12 points and had a couple assists over the next five, six minutes. So, you know, an imperfect outing, but, you know, given who was there, who was not available, and kind of what Indiana was working on, that there were some things, you know, some good habits to build on. The rebounding looked better. The defense was sloppy, but, you know, tightened up at times, but still the defense is a bit of a concern. So... You know, it's one of those games you can't draw too much from it, you know, in terms of points guys scored and a lot of that stuff. But I thought we saw some guys get back to just playing hard again, playing a little tougher. Uh, And it's a little easier in an environment like this. But that was that was at least a step in the right direction. Let's talk a little bit about Race Thompson. This was a Race Thompson of old. I think he was fantastic tonight. Uh, he had to me. I I thought he had energy. Um, he he did well flashing in the high post. He did an excellent job in the low post, which is where he's predominantly the best at. You know, we talk a lot of times that you got two fives out there, and sometimes maybe he just struggles with Trace Jackson Davis on the floor. Um, so, um, but I thought he was fantastic. I, I thought he did a nice job at scoring. I thought he did a nice job with his post presence, his footwork of moving and taking secondary moves, not just trying to fling shots over people. And I thought he was very active on the board. So, Ryan, uh, Race Thompson tonight, what are your thoughts? I think like like that whole starting lineup, he kind of started a little slow. And, again, there's a hangover from a big – from getting your doors blown off at Kansas. So you, you give a little – you know, grace for that. Uh, and I thought his first couple, a uh, couple times in the first position, he did as he went up, kind of leaned back and flung shots. A couple, uh, two of them went down, but he, you know, he's leaning away instead of leaning in and, and, and race, you're bigger, faster, and stronger than these guys go at him. And then he started to pick it up. And I agree with the rest of your assessment though. I think he really was more active than we've seen him. I thought he did own the boards, uh, you know, and this is kind of the situation where if Trace Jackson Davis had, had decided to leave Indiana after last season, this was the role Trace had. We had envisioned for Trace sort of being that one guy in the post. And then, you know, he played next to Malik Renew and Malik had an up and down game, uh, you know, and that kind of took some space away from him. But I thought when he was active, I think that, that, you saw the activity level tick up, which has been a problem for race this year. And I, we don't know if there's something going on or what, you know, what's going on, but the, the activity level has been a little bit toned down. We've seen it burst at times. We've seen it in stretches during games, but his all out 40 minute effort just hasn't been there the way it has in the past. And then today I thought that it was much, much better from him. And, and again, I, I think after he took that lot, he got that lob. I think it was it Tamar that threw it to him. I can't, I can't remember. And I think it was Tamar threw it to him and, and he, you know, took that lob down. I really thought that he, he woke up big time after that. You're muted coach. Uh Oh, coach is muted. Seven, some yeah. problems with his yeah. earphones over there. Yeah. Um, talk about Miller Cop. Uh, I, I think he's really come around the last two weeks, <clears throat> three weeks, and played well. I thought tonight was another good effort. Uh, you know, he fights like crazy defensively. He gets beat off the dribble uh, just because uh, of his ability, but it's not because of effort. He tries really hard, stays with it. What I like is when he is beat, he stays with it and gets some uh, gets his hands on the balls. But I thought Miller Cop played well tonight. Yeah, I really thought Miller came out and was – 
playing super hard from the jump, almost like yeah. making a show of it. Like, hey, this is how we have to play. And I thought there was a stretch in the second half, three or four straight possessions where he and Trey Galloway did such a good job on the perimeter of fighting through screens. And Elon just couldn't do anything because, you know, Elon and Trey were just always there the moment they got through that screen. You know, and look, I mean, Miller has limitations. You realize that. And, you know, he was four for nine, didn't shoot lights out tonight, but, you know, made a few when they were there. But I thought you just saw him be more active. I mean, three assists, two steals, a block shot. He, and he just kind of hustled his way into some of that. I was, just, I was just really impressed with how hard he played. And it really seemed to me like a senior leader coming off a game where they got challenged from a competitiveness level. And he was competitive the entire time on the court. And that's what you want from your leaders. Like, I think that example and just the body language and that stuff matters. you know. And I was really impressed that he brought it tonight from the tip. Yeah, in his and, first half, he was outstanding in the first half, I thought, on both ends. And look, Miller Cop, we talked about at the end of last year how much how improved he was defensively. Now, he had he was he's never gonna be an elite defensive present, but he got better as the year went on. I think he's been better this year too. He's gonna get beat occasionally. That's a physical limitation thing. That's not an effort thing. Right. And he is always playing hard. And guess what? Most guys are gonna get beat a reasonable amount of times just because of you know, offensive players can be really good, but you look at Miller in the first half, 10 points. Yeah. He was three, seven, two of six from three. I had no problem with any of the threes. He took uh, two assists, two rebounds, no turnovers, a block, a steal. And he was plus 16. And, and he, it was him, Ray Thompson, Hood Shafino and CJ Gunn slash Tamar Bates were the guys who were really positive in the first half as it wore on, mm -hmm. but Miller was good from the jump. And that's what you do as a senior leader. You have to lead from the front. That's something that the leadership of this team hasn't been doing in those big games. It, it's great to see sort of somebody step up and be like, Hey, no, this is how we're playing now. It didn't carry over as well as it could have, but as the first half wore on, everybody caught up to his effort level. I thought. And, and as we end segment one here, I, I'm going to talk a little bit about Hood Shafino. Uh, you take away his turnovers, which he was loose with the ball, and Woodson got into him, and that's going to be a lot in film session, and he needs to get better, especially in transition. I think he tries too hard um, and, and to make plays, and he's low got to risk, learn that. Low, low percentage yeah, passes sometimes. Yeah. When, when you run in transition, you don't want to run into turnovers. You want to run and make solid plays, and he's got to be on that limit of pushing it. But, guys, I thought Jalen Hood-Shafino was fantastic tonight in a lot of things that don't show up in the, in the stat line. Um, his post feeds against the zone were fantastic. The ball was getting right to where the post players could be. They were on rhythm. Uh, it wasn't hesitation. It wasn't being deflected. And, and I thought that was a, an outstanding – I thought he was a floor general on top of his points. Um, he had seven assists. And I, I just think that um, – you know, he's doing uh, what he can after a couple of weeks off. Uh, so I, I thought he – take away the stats because the turnovers are bad. But I just really was impressed with, with him in his first role as, a, as the main ball handler. Yeah, you know, and look, he's a freshman. He's kind of getting himself back into rhythm after missing time. We've had plenty of point guards in the recent history of this program who would have lower turnover rates but wouldn't make anything happen. You know, and Jalen is going to make things happen. And it was clear, even when he's struggling in a game like this, he's the best player on the floor. He has the best vision. He has the best body control. He can do the most stuff. Um, you know, and so you saw that. You know, he struggled a little bit, loose with the dribble, loose with the passes. He can, he can hit home runs, so he tries to hit them. You know, and I think he'll get better at picking his spots. But as we've said all along, you'd rather have to dial a guy back. 
And so I just I thought tonight you saw a guy who's really talented and used to making plays, but is still just a little bit out of rhythm and still learning how to play with these guys. So I agree, coach. Like the turnovers from him tonight didn't bother me so much because he was playing hard and they were turnovers of attacking, um, you know. And so you can live with that. And, you know, he's going to have the ball a lot with X out and, you know, going to have to live with some growing pains. But you also have a guy who can do things that we haven't had a point guard capable of doing in a long time. Yeah, I thought I thought Jalen, it, it it was a little flat to start the game. I don't know if that's a symptom of the injury and he needs to get warmed up for it to, you know, feel better and, and to be looser. Um, but I thought he was a little flat at the beginning, kind of flat footed, kind of not getting in the Indiana into the offense quickly. Again, symptom of everybody. And it, it, whether it's the injury, whether it's, you know, the hangover from Kansas, whatever it was, it just felt very uninspired at the beginning. But as he played, he got better. And actually he hit some shots when I thought he was pretty flat. You know, and maybe that helped get him going. Um, but I, I agree, as the game went on, he was masterful. He really mastered that, you know, getting him in. And I will say, you know, one thing I've noticed about this team, Coach, and I, and I agree Woodson ran some really good sets tonight. And clearly they're trying some stuff out because what's been going on hasn't been working. And they're trying new stuff. And I thought he, he did a good job getting them into different things and give them different looks. And maybe that's a symptom of not having Trace on the floor so you don't have to dump it into him with his back to the basket every time you can actually run some different stuff um, you don't have I, to do that even when he is on the floor I agree, by the way <laughs> I, I completely agree with you jared and they should be running this kind of stuff all the time but i digress uh but i will say that jalen did a good job getting getting him into stuff but i but here's the thing is that you've noticed when this team is freelancing and running they're really good and they might have better offense in that direction than they do when they're running half court stuff and that's because there's so much talent on the floor. I mean, you know, fast break points are easier for everybody. But these guys actually, it doesn't even have to be a fast break, but when they're moving up and down the floor, the defense isn't set. They're real good at finding openings and finding creases and, and finding lobs, finding things like that. And, and so allowing them to play with that freedom and get up the court a little bit, if they just got into stuff faster, if they just ran a bit more, if somebody ran the floor, they'd get a lot more easy baskets because these guys can finish them. And so it would also, we've complained about the half court offense for two, almost two years now. It would also make you less reliant on scoring directly out of the half court offense. So I really want these guys to get up and down the floor, which we haven't seen a ton this year. Uh, you know, there, there are very few over the top baskets to big guys on, on the fast break. You bring up a good point that you 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 beat a zone by attacking it inside dribble or post or you shoot over it or you beat it down the floor and I thought at times Indiana beat beat the zone down the the floor again uh, and did a nice job of going early. I also thought they they fed the post early before the defense um, really was you know could could set uh, even if it wasn't a fast break opportunity. I think that was good. I think Woodson's better right now calling zone offense than he is calling man offense. If I agree. I'm being to well, totally offense. Think back to the Syracuse game last year and how they lit it up. I mean, they run good stuff against the zone. I'm imploring those guys, run good stuff against man-to-man. -man. Don't just settle for the middle ball screen and the low post feed uh, that we, we run predominantly. And college basketball runs that too, but – Woodson and zone offense right now, I, I think they run some really good stuff. I thought you saw that tonight. Yeah, I think that um, one of the reasons they're actually pretty good at that zone offense is they have two big men who can handle the ball and pass, you yep. know, with, with Trace and, and Race and, and to a lesser degree, Renew. And they have a point guard in X who can get past that first level of the guards and make things make plays. 
You know, and, you know and, where the doubles coming from too. Yeah. Uh, sometimes too, and sometimes they yeah. don't double. They just pack it in, which is well, easier to to operate out of. Right, and the defense is, you know, as it says, they're they're into protecting a zone, which means guys can move and and find openings yeah. and and stuff against it. But you know, and also in that Syracuse game, Miller Cop lit it up because he was getting right. open looks. I agree with you that that having those that, that they are better at zone offense, and it's it's a it's a departure from the last two regimes. They're really good at zone offense. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, coming up, uh, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's win over Elon, we'll point out some meaningful moments you might have missed, and then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's going on? It's Christian Wofford. What's the only thing better than an epic buzzer beater? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join my guys, Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU game. Go Hoosiers. Welcome back. You're listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Ryan Phillips and uh, Jared Morris will be back after putting his son to bed. Uh, we're breaking down Indiana's win over uh, Elon this evening by the score of 96-72 to 72 in a game where Indiana was down two starters. Uh, Xavier Johnson was out, and Trace Jackson Davis was out too. It's it's time uh, now for the meaningful moment that you might have uh, missed. It's brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the first time through the generosity of alumni and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. It's a, it's a good segment, Ryan, meaningful moments you might have missed, but a lot of IU fans probably saw these uh, things. I, I thought the, the segment um, when Duncan first got in, I think it was at 11-minute mark of the first half where he got an offensive rebound off a of Malik miss, then uh, got a block on the other end after sprinting the floor, then sp- was sprinting back. Uh, on offense uh, to get the rebound and, and got fouled uh, was one of his uh, first segments of play, and, and and what I like about that is 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 all of that. But I think Duncan and CJ Gunn uh, and even Caleb Banks later when he came in, those guys were ready when their opportunity came tonight, and that's what you want from guys who are deep on the bench. Um, thoughts about Duncan and those guys coming in, and when they came in, they 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 played hard right from the start yeah effort 
It's just one word, effort. They gave effort all night. And, and even if it was a little loose, a little crazy, a little manic, it was effort. And quite frankly, they're really, you know, look, these are, these are three and four star guys, some on the higher end of, of three star and they can play basketball like they can. And, and so getting them out there and letting them run around and letting them get stuff done. I mean, thank goodness they had this opportunity. Logan Duncan. I mean, he's had a few minutes this year and it's mostly been a garbage time. So he was in pretty, he was in early in the first half and that's with Jordan Geronimo out uh, with, you know, some kind of wrap on his hand. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis out uh, Malik renew kind of being up and down. They gave Duncan a chance and he, I, I think he earned more playing time. I really do think he earned more playing time and he's, you know, it's a guy who you're going to need to play well uh, next year, especially because there's no big men coming in. You're going to lose race and trace. You're going to have Malik renew it, You're You're going to need the Logan Duncan to do some things next year. And, and I thought that the effort was great. CJ gun. We've seen this year have some show, some really good effort, uh, I think that his shooting needs to be better. Uh, you know, if he's going to be in there for what, he, for what he can do, he's known as a shooter. He's only shooting about 25% this year from three. He's got to be better at that, but his effort and energy is there on both ends. Uh, that dunk at the end of the first half was amazing and, and really woke everybody in the arena up. Um, so yeah, I, I, I liked the effort from those guys. That's the word for them is effort. They, they provided energy and they were ready to go and take advantage of the opportunity. And I think that, if you look at the guys on this roster, hey, you know what? X is going to be out a while. Trace probably isn't going to play until Big Ten play. I, I see no reason to play Trace, you know, on no. on on Friday. Uh, Geronimo, if he's hurting, I see no reason to play him. It there are opportunities for playing time. Take advantage of it. CJ Gunn's got an opportunity right now. Logan Duncombe's got an opportunity right now. Prove you belong, and they're taking advantage of it. Uh, Tamar Bates is another guy. You know, there's going to be more time for him with X out. And and he was already playing a decent amount, but, you know, more time and more responsibility is going to be available for him. He took advantage tonight. He played really well. He hit all three of his shots. He showed a lot of energy. He did have four fouls, but showed a lot of energy and and was out there, had two steals in 22 minutes. I, I liked what I saw from Tamar tonight. Second half, he didn't score, but he didn't take a shot. You know, he was moving the ball. He was getting everybody else involved. Loved what I saw from Tamar tonight. So those guys, there's now a void of minutes on the team, and these guys have to take advantage of that. It's a, it's an available opportunity, and you're going to write your own ticket with how you play and how how hard you play. You play hard, you will get an opportunity. Uh, you don't have to score 30 points to get an opportunity. And Tamar tonight, eight points. We've seen him score more than that. I thought this was one of his better games of the year because he played he, he played within what he can do, didn't force anything, and was facilitating for other people. And I loved what I saw from him. Yeah, and you got to be ready. And I think CJ Gunn is going to get some minutes here. Uh, can fill that, uh, you know, that substitution role uh, for X. I was just really happy with him defensively um, when he came in. Uh, I was really uh, happy with Duncan's energy level, rebounding, uh, and his patience on his post moves. So there, those guys were ready to to come in and and play. And then. Uh, another meaning, meaningful moment, moment that Jonathan didn't miss on Twitter. Um, I apologize to all of our Hoosier fans for having an Iowa Cup uh, down here, and, and I got busted on, on social media and Twitter. So you might have missed that. Uh, I'll try to substitute that out uh, uh, in the past. But I, I collect all kinds of college stuff. Didn't even think 
I had that. Um, it was a gift from Fran McCaffrey. Uh, he appreciates uh, uh, my comments uh, yeah. about the Iowa program. You're a favorite. So just like yeah, it's a reciprocal relationship. Exactly. One of the meaningful moments in general uh, to to lead to a talk on on defense. I think two things are going to come out of this game that Indiana needs to pay attention to. And one one is its transition defense. I thought throughout the the night. Uh, and especially what happens when Hood Shafino or your point guard scores at the rim, that's usually your get-back guy. Uh, you know, they, they got to work that out because uh, Elon scored, and we know that there are teams in the Big Ten that love to run, especially teams like Michigan State. You're going to have to work on your transition defense. I thought that was a, a struggle tonight. And then um, I picked this up too, and it's been a problem, Ryan, since the uh, exhibition games is – the way they're guarding that high ball screen is over with drop coverage and a heavy tag from the strong side wing. And a heavy tag means you're moving off of a shooter to stop the drive um, a little bit. And what you're seeing is those guys over committing or having to stop the drive because the defender on the ball gets hung up. And then there's just a nice little point to wing kick out where the wings can catch in rhythm and hit threes. And if Elon's hitting those threes, I, th- I think I counted three tonight. But I remember talking to Coach Yaw when we interviewed him for the community about the closeouts on that very exact play after a scrimmage. So that coverage is something that I think, you know, and TJD mentioned it, I think that's something that uh, we need to watch uh, and see because teams will take advantage of that, forcing that wing to come in and stop that ball handler. Uh, I, I think that coverage right now is, is not a good coverage for Indiana defensively, and I thought that was exposed again this evening. Yeah, and you've heard players kind of talking about that you know it's confused and and guess what better teams than elon are going to work on exposing that and arizona did plenty of that and a high ball screen and you either had a wide open three or you had the big dumping to the post open and teams are going to exploit that they really or as you said they had the point to wing pass was open uh, as a result because the other guy had to step up and you know against teams that can hit threes Indiana is going to be exposed. They need to fix that. You're going to have what, like a week off. Uh, I mean, how many days are they off? They're going to be off a bunch after 12 after, after Kennesaw state. It's 12. And it's, he said they were going to get a couple days off though. So it's probably going to be about a week of practice. Uh, You got to change that or fix it or work something out. I mean, Mike Woodson gets a lot of credit for his defensive work in the NBA and as, as a starter, or I mean, as a head coach and an assistant, uh, he needs to figure this out. And I don't know if Indiana, just the foot speed isn't enough and it's not the same as NBA guys. And and that's when he's running his NBA defense and it's not the same as NBA guys. They can't recover. They can't switch one through five necessarily as well as they'd like to, but something's gotta, gotta be fixed there because yeah. it's leaving the team exposed. I mean, Elon was able to get good looks at there. I know, I know they hit a couple crazy ones, but Elon was able to get good looks at three all night long, even if they hit 10 threes and they probably had 15, 16 that were clean looks. A couple of those threes were guarded that they made, but they probably had 15, 16 clean, clean, clean looks and missed a few of them. I mean, it's, that's not good, especially against a team like that. You've got to be yeah. able to, to step up. That's been a concern of mine. And it, it's, it's done, um, you know, everything you do against the ball screen, the strategy, where do you give up your shots? Uh, and, and, but we're giving up a lot of them and they're going in. So 
another good part of coaching is when when you have good strategy but it's not working out you make a change and i just think yeah you know the other way you could hedge when you hedge or trap a ball screen now you're putting yourself in rotation because someone's got to go in the lane and pick up the the lane guy and then someone's got to tag on the back side so you're going to give up a three no matter how you guard it but when you hedge or trap you put pressure on the ball handler to make a decision against two and college guards can handle that but again, you hope to push the ball back towards half court and then make it a longer pass to where you can close out better. That that point to wing pass is a hard closeout, and I just think Indiana's gotten beat on that. Um, and, and that's something again that's not in the stat sheet, other than your three point shots given up and, and your percentage. And so I think that um, uh, that that's something that uh, we, we might have missed. But we, I think we need to pay attention to it. And I may do a coach's corner. Uh, segment on that uh, break down three or four different things but that is a concern that high ball screen uh, coverage uh, is a is a concern uh, Jared did you uh, welcome back I hope Teddy has, has found some peace um, uh, do you have any moments that you want to bring up uh, we're still in the meaningful moment segment uh, well I didn't hear what you guys talked about did you talk about Logan Duncan at all yep in this segment? yep okay yeah we started yeah, off me- with Logan yeah, I mean that was the you know one of the ones that really you know jumped out was that hustle. I'll tell you the other thing you know that I I saw um, a couple of things. One, I have no idea if this is meaningful or not, but at the very beginning of the game, as the starters were getting ready to go, uh, Trace Jackson Davis was in the huddle, you know, giving them some words of wisdom, words some advi- words of advice. A very very small thing, uh, but obviously you know Race kind of stepping up as a leader uh, in that moment, and so that was good to see, even though he's not out there on the court you know, being engaged and, you know, at least acting the part of leader. Um, And I don't know if you guys have talked a lot about Tamar Bates, but I thought we saw the continued, um, uh, his, his shot continues to look confident and smooth. And there was one set, there was one sequence where he made just a terrible pass. He dropped this little like lazy pass off for race Thompson that had no chance of getting completed. Uh, It gets stolen for a bucket. He recognized it, you know, realized immediately it was a bad play and came right down on the next possession uh, and hit a, a jumper off the dribble, you know, and his first three that he made was right off the first pass, his first touch, stepped up and hit a three from the right corner. He hit two from over there. Um, and so, you know, I think, again, is, you know, you look at things that are kind of developing his development as a scorer and being more consistent as a shot maker, uh, you know, continues to be nice to see because he's now done it you know, four or five straight games in comfortable environments and difficult ones. And so you know, you're starting to be able to trust it a little bit more. And look, Indiana's going to need that because the defense isn't going to be quite as good without X. Uh, you know, the offense, you know, may go through some rough stretches with Jalen as a freshman and no backup point guard. Yeah. You're going to need guys that just make tough shots. Uh, and Tamar is at least showing, you know, now that he can do that on a more consistent basis. And that skill is going to be really important for this team in Big Ten play, I have a feeling. Yeah, I think Tamar's coming along offensively. He's right up there with with the guys that we can trust. Still has a couple moments where he leaves the ball or or he gets confused on the switches on defense. He's got to clean that up. But you do trust him offensively now. To you, when he shoots, you think the ball's going to go in. I really like his pull up game. I'm, we're not big on pull up twos. We we don't necessarily want to take a ton of him. You can um, make them, but it is a it is a threat that he has along with Jalen Hood Shafino that college game needs a little bit because they're going to run you off the three and sometimes you don't want to go in against uh, the bigs and, and and have contested shots at the rim too if you can nail that pull-up jumper that that could be an asset in appropriate use so tomorrow tomorrow I'm getting a lot more comfortable with tomorrow and his play and his contribution uh, for this team did you guys talk at all about transition defense yet yes yep 
Okay. And we talked yep. about we talked about tomorrow too. So we okay. just late well, on this. But okay. No, I said I what I said, Jared, and I, I want to get your take on it is tomorrow. You know, only took three shots, but I thought he played extremely well in the second half. He didn't take any shots and played extremely well. I thought and mm-hmm. was sort of distributing. It was getting a lot of hockey assists, moving the ball, and um, yeah, I, I just liked what I saw from him tonight. And it's continued growth is is what I would say in development. He hit those two threes early. I, I think that kept them you know, kind of keeping Elon at arm's length along with Miller cop. I thought they were the best two early on and then everybody else kind of caught up to them. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm trying to find, there was a tweet. I think it was William McDermott that sent it out and I can't find it now, but he was talking about how, you know, Tamar has really become a guy, you know, first off the bench when his teammates make a good play, you know, really talkative, um, you know, on the court, both defensively, offensively. And he really, you know, he just seems like a guy that's coming into his own and feeling a lot more confident. You know, I think last, you know, it's interesting. You think about kind of the struggles that Malik Renew is having right now, where, you know, he's being too aggressive in moments when nothing's there. And then in moments when things are there, he's hesitating. You know, you saw today, he had that one time when he got it in the post, his man left him. He's wide open from five feet and he really hesitated, not wanting to shoot. And, you know, he's just a little bit off kilter, kind of trying to feel his way through. And I think that's a lot of what we saw from tomorrow last year, where the game's really fast. He's kind of struggling with his confidence, very up and down. And it's almost like you're seeing him in real time. The game slow down, get more comfortable. That shot is in rhythm, you know, and, and I think that's what you'll eventually see from Malik. Hopefully it comes along more this season for him than it did for tomorrow. Um, but it really just seems like a light, you know, switch has kind of gone on for him. Um, and it's, it's how, you know, he's a guy that really profiles as a leader for this program just because of his personality. And I think some of his work habits. Um, and so if he can step up and I'm sure being productive helps, you know, give him more authority in the locker room. It gives him more confidence to do that. And I think for a team that struggles sometimes with internal leadership and vocal leadership, I think that's a role he can play too. So I just, I continue to be encouraged, um, you know, for all the reasons you said. Along those lines, uh, before we go inside the numbers, uh, going back to TJD on the bench, I thought X was very active on the bench. I, I think that, you know, you have a couple tough losses and everyone's looking for what what's, you know, causing the ship to sink. Um, and I think TJD's gotten a, a load of stuff. Um, obviously, he's been hurting. Uh, and, and some of the in, interpreted not into the game I think has to be attributed to his his lower back issues. But I thought those two on the bench, I agree with you about Tamar talking. He owned up to that bad pass when Woodson was talking to him. It's a whole different body language from Tamar. Um, So, you know, some of my fears about this team is something's going on with this team or whatever. Uh, It still could be, but I I thought uh, we saw, again, some of that connectedness tonight um, with those guys sitting out that – Sometimes I think we jump to narratives to try to explain our disappointment, uh, not us at Assembly Call, but us as fans in general, the fan base in general. Um, you know, and and I, I I like to see that bench environment from X being hurt. He wasn't pouting about being out, and, and Trace Jackson Davis the same thing, same thing that Anthony Leal does on a on a night in and night out basis. Uh, so you know, I want to spend some time complimenting those guys because we sure are quick when the body language isn't good or 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 they're not active uh, tonight I thought that was that was pretty solid the one caveat I will mention there because I agree and that that stuff was all good tonight the one caveat is really the criticism with Trace when it comes to some of the energy and body language things and with some of the other guys is 
this has felt a bit like kind of a, a program that's a bit of a front runner. And they do a lot of that stuff when things are com you know comfortable and things are going well. And you don't see that same thing when they get smacked True. in the mouth and things are going hard. So I do. I think it's perfectly fair to mention it tonight. And it's good. You know, it would have been really bad if you don't see that in a game right. like this coming off what they did. So, you know, seeing some of that stuff, it just it lets you know that maybe the worst fears that everybody had after the Kansas game, you know, may not you know be realistic. But I do think it's fair to, to still take a bit of a wait and see and say, OK, the next time the chips are down for this group. Who's talking? Who's up? Who's doing all that stuff? Because that's what they really need to do. You can't do anything about it tonight, but that's what to watch for, you know, when they play Iowa and in the other games. All right, so let's go inside the numbers real quick. Um, I, I think the key number, 40% uh, shooting from three, still yeah. good to see. Indiana is able to knock down some shots. They're going to need to do that to relieve pressure. And I like 23 assists after a real tough turnover game against Kansas. And I, again, obviously the pressure that Kansas brings – is night and day different than Elon and Elon sitting back in a zone. You're not going to do that. Um, but but I thought those two stats show that uh, Indiana did move the ball. Uh, we talked, Jared, about the zone offense is better right now for IU than man-to-man -man offense. Um, uh, it helps with the turnovers, uh, and it helps knowing where the defense is going to be and what they're going to do. So I think Woodson and the players both operate better against a zone, which – doesn't make sense if you're not a good shooting team, but I, I, I like those two numbers. Did you guys have any numbers uh, yeah. that, that caught your attention? For me, and this is something that didn't go well at Kansas, 16 to 20 on layups. They were mostly finishing around the rim pretty well. Uh, also, 37 bench points and 58 points in the paint against 24 points in the paint for Elon. Again, you have the advantage. You need to take advantage of it. At Kansas, they had an advantage in the post, and they didn't take advantage of it. And uh, last, I would just say 39 rebounds to 23 rebounds. Those are the, you know, win it by plus 16. Those are, those are the things that stood out to me. One offensive Jared, rebound. Numbers? One offensive rebound for Elon. Yeah. That's good. They were getting you back. Know, we hadn't time. seen that against the cupcakes. The cupcake teams were getting yep. offensive rebounds yep. before too. They and and you mentioned seriously. that in yep. the community, Jared, things to look at, even against teams that are, are subpar talent wise, that's important. Oh, I'll tell you the other thing, oh, go ahead. Go you know, ahead. the other thing to, to be careful about, you know, we talk about narratives and sometimes we can get so settled on a certain narrative. And obviously one narrative about this program is that this team hasn't been able to shoot and can't shoot and all of these things. Just keep an eye on it because this team's shooting. They're getting better. Kind of well, kind of consistently now. I mean, you know, look, obviously, you know, through the first five games when you're playing, you know, sub 250 opponents, you don't want to put a whole lot of stock into the shooting percentage. But, you know, Indiana's schedule strength is up to like 150th nationally now. And their effective field goal percentage is 15th in the country. Three-point percentage is 74th in the country. And free throw shooting, they're up over 70%. So there has been clear improvement from yep. a shooting perspective from guys like Tamar, from guys like Miller Kopp, uh, and even around the edges like Trey Galloway and Race Thompson. You know, Jalen's been shooting better too. Jalen's been shooting better. So this is not an elite shooting team by any means. But if they can get some of the other stuff figured out, you know, the toughness and the rebounding and some of the defense, they're a better shooting team to be able to take advantage of the way teams are defending Trace. Now, you got to take that into tough environments, but I think there's some reason to start believing that some of the, the shooting improvement is real. Um, let's see it. You know, it's only third of the season, but I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident in it. 
Yeah, and uh, one last number I think it's it's worth pointing out is six of seven on dunks. The seventh was CJ Gunn, <laughs> right? <laughs> no legs, CJ. The at the end. Oh, CJ. Oh no, CJ. He's playing too hard, much. man. Let's give him give him credit. He was no, no. He was playing was so hard, he had jelly legs. <laughs> veteran move here. You played a lot of minutes tonight, more than you usually have. So at the end of the game lay it in you don't have the legs buddy it's it's uh you'll get there but you're not there yet so and uh, Jalen missed that wide open layup when he was like caught in between dunking and laying it in I know there's your 100 points right there man that was rough but yeah that that was (laughs) poor CJ's CJ didn't even have over the rim off the back it was just right to the front of the rim it's like (laughs) oh man you just oh buddy (laughs) post game meal is just going to be torturous because everyone's just going to be letting him have it and and probably rightfully so but (laughs) <laughs> I think what CJ did is actually the closest I've ever come to dunking. Like I, I did that before get up and get rejected by the rim. I think that's the closest I ever came. So I can't, I, I do that on my, about it. <laughs> that happens on my 11th Oreo, you know, after you've been dunking quite a bit, you just kind of hit the rim of the milk glass. Yeah. Oh. It's that. So, all right, coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls and Hoosier huddle award hustle award. Discuss lingering questions or two and look ahead to Indiana's next opponent. All next here on the Assembly Call. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, it's Romeo Langford. What's the only thing better than hand a game winner to beat Wisconsin? Celebrate it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosers. You're listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. Also, make sure you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 9,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed Join for free today at join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Jared Morris, Ryan Phillips. We're breaking down Indiana's 96-72 win over Elon. And it's now time for our game balls, which are presented by our friends at Bloom Environmental. 
where Allie and James and the crew help folks in southern and south-central Indiana maintain healthy air quality in their homes and businesses. Learn more at www.bloomenviro.com. And when you mention this ad, you'll get 23% off all their testing services. 23 is in honor of Trace Jackson Davis. All right, Jared, we'll start off with you um, with uh, your game ball. Uh, a couple of different ways you could go with it, I think. I'm going to give mine to Jalen Hood-Shafino, uh, who I thought had the biggest burden of the game, you know, being the only point guard with X out, still getting back into rhythm, you know, with his back. And I thought really showed improvement throughout each half. You know, struggled at the beginning of each half, really got it going, you know, ends up with the seven assists. I know he had the five turnovers, but we talked about those earlier. Um, you know, I just thought his ability to be both a scorer and a distributor which is what he's going to have to be now. And as a freshman, he's going to have to be counted on. You know, there's no X there. And we talked about how having, you know, X there is going to take some pressure off of Jalen. Well, no more. The pressure's on. Um, I think he's the most talented team, uh, the most talented player on the roster. Uh, and we've just got to keep him healthy and, and let him continue to get reps and experience. Um, and I thought you saw tonight the kind of improvements he can make even within a game. So, uh, with apologies to Race Thompson and maybe a couple other guys, I'm giving mine to Jalen. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Jalen is is a close second for me. I'm going with Race Thompson because he had the double-double, 18 points, 11 rebounds. He also had four blocks on the defensive end, which I, I thought was, you know, important in the second half to sort of establish that, no, you're not coming back in this game. You know, I mean, I know they were up big, but sometimes there's a lull after the halftime break and, you know, the other team gets it to like eight and then you got to push it back out. He, he just wasn't having it. And I thought it was quite, you know, if you look at it, it was probably his best game of the year all the way around. I, I think against Arizona, he just hit threes. And so that's why, you know, the numbers looked good. He hit a couple threes. And when in reality, I thought he played his best all around game. And maybe it's because he had more room to operate. But nine of 13 from the field from him is is efficient. And, you know, 18 points, 11 rebounds, four blocks, as I said, um, only had the one turnover as well. Yeah, um, boy, that's it's down it's to me. Those. One. Those were the two choices. I thought Jalen hood Shafino was fantastic, short of five turnovers. I thought Race played his best game and was just dominant on, on, on both ends, the blocks, the rebounds, uh, on the defensive end, his post play, his passing. I'm going to go with Race Thompson um, in, in just a close battle for the game it's ball. Close. Um, very close. But I, I just thought uh, Race played, I agree with Ryan, his best game of the year. Uh, and, and, you know, Jalen's got to just tighten up um, some things. So, um, I think that's going to go towards, uh, race gets a, a game ball. That'll be his, uh, first game ball of the season. If I'm looking at the sheet, no, his right. second, it's second. a second. You got to scroll down. Oh, it's scroll down, down there. It's down there yep. with the game balls that were given to the officials and the fans yep. after the I, I missed game. that. It was a page break in the run sheet. So Malik, uh, renew has one trace Jackson Davis has a ton, uh, six plus one deflated game ball for Kansas. Xavier has one, Tamar one, Miller one, and now Race Thompson um, has two. Okay, now it's time for our Hoosier Hustle Award. I hope this is right. Yep. Hi, this is native Hoosier Anthony Leo. I pride myself on hustling every second I'm on the court, so it's an honor to present this episode's Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. 
Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Their goal is to provide whatever level of safety and protection you're looking for. And just like hustle can't be measured by stats, but is often the difference between winning and losing, the prevention of bad outcomes can't be adequately measured either. But it can still have a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. Good to see nice Anthony, to see Anthony get some run. Yeah. Yep. yeah, absolutely. Welcome back. So, uh, Hustle Award, Ryan, who's uh, going to get your Hustle Award? Logan Duncombe's getting my Hustle Award. I loved watching him run the floor tonight. I thought that it was something we haven't seen from some Indiana guys in a while, and I thought that he kind of sparked him when he came in early and was getting rebounds. He got two offensive rebounds. He was finishing around the rim. He was 5 of 6 on the night. Um, you know, had a block where he chased down the play and, and made a block, got beat and then kept it going, blocked it, and then went back down and got fouled after he, he you know, he had the tip, the tip in ran down, blocked the shot, ran back, got the ball back and got fouled. Uh, that, that sequence to me really started the team going really well and then, and, and sort of set it off. I think to CJ gun, you got a lot of hustle there. Um, and, and if you didn't give your game ball to race Thompson, you give it to him as well. But I, I, or tomorrow, I thought tomorrow played really well too. But for me, it's Logan Duncan. I thought that sequence was the a, a key sequence in the game just to show that the effort was there from those guys coming off the bench uh, that haven't been playing much. And then I think everybody else who came in followed suit. Jared, who gets your hustle award? Yeah, Logan's great. That moment that you just talked about, Ryan, was right at the top of my sheet for meaningful moments. Um, I thought it was great. You know, I, I think you can make an argument for a lot of guys. And so that's really kind of the most important thing that happened tonight is guys got back to playing hard. I'm giving mine to Miller Cop because I thought the most important thing tonight was hustling from the tip. We've seen the bench guys come in and provide hustle. What we what this team has really been struggling with is just getting right into the game and getting into it. And as we've mentioned, I've probably mentioned it two or three times already. I thought Miller's hustle was noticeable. Um, you know, and for you know your senior leader to take you know that responsibility and come out and play like that after what they're coming off of. Um, that said a lot to me, uh, and it kept up all night. So you could go for it with a lot of guys, but I'm giving it to Miller. All right, I'm going to throw it to the chat mob because I'm going to nominate C.J. Gunn. Uh, I thought Ooh. the thing that impressed me the most was his defensive ball pressure when he got in. He was all over, and I thought that really stopped uh, Elon when he was in there, and I thought he was running the floor. He got a nice tip dunk uh, there at the end of the first half by staying engaged. I, I thought he looked aggressive offensively. Uh, I agree with all of your uh, nominations, but let's make sure the the chat mob um, gets uh, gets a vote uh, in that. So, if you would, in the chat mob, it, it's uh, one of the three: it's Miller, uh, CJ, or Logan. Put your vote in there, and uh, someone count them up for me because my math is is kind of bad. But uh, well, we we'll need like the... music to play in the background while while the votes yeah, are coming in while while we uh, while we wait. Um, By the way, but I don't think you night, can go wrong. Quote of the night from Doug. How many fan bases have 300 plus people watching a breakdown of their program versus Elon the week leading up to Christmas? Exactly. <laughs> it is exactly. That's that's great. So um, while we're tallying that up, it's now time um, for uh, a lingering question. Also in the chat mob, if you have a, a question uh, that, that you would ask, um, let us know. For me, guys, I'm going to go back to um, 
to the defense. I, I thought tonight was okay. I, I thought the game result, getting players to play, but I still am not. The lingering question for me is, can this Indiana team get back to being a dominant defensive team that Coach Woodson wants them to be? Because I think that ultimately has been some of the reason for Indiana's struggles. Um, uh, obviously some offensive issues as well, but I don't think it's been the defense that we expected, and I don't know that I saw a whole lot tonight that really makes me feel comfortable going forward. I'd like to see a little better effort defensively Saturday. Your thoughts um, on, on that lingering question of mine? By the way, CJ wins Hoosier Hustle. Wow. Uh, surprising. Um, you know, I, they, they held Elon to point. I mean, they gave up 72 points, but they held Elon to point nine six points per possession. So, I mean, there were a lot of possessions in this game. There's a lot of up and down, but they didn't play great defensively in this. Um, I thought, as you said, a lot of ball screen coverage problems. Uh, you know, they let Elon get inside early on a bit. And then, yeah, they, they let him hit some threes. And Elon hit some, some you know, crazy threes, but there were a lot of wide, wide open looks. And Elon shot 47% from the field. And just looking at the talent deficit here, that shouldn't happen. I mean, it really shouldn't. I know you're missing your your eraser at the back at the back end, and you're missing your probably your best perimeter defender in in Xavier Johnson. But still, guys, it's got to be better than that. And so, hopefully, over these ne- over this next you know tonight over the next game, they build to something there. That when you hit Big Ten play, you're playing your best defense of the year. And and you know, I think it the defense was really good early in the year, and it has kind of faded over the last you know couple weeks. And and we'll see you know what happens next but that is that is certainly the question moving forward to me i think the shooting is sort of taking care of itself a little bit i don't think this will be an elite shooting team but as jared said these guys are making more than they used to now it's the defense because you expected the defense to be top 15 top 10 in the country this year and you know with xavier johnson out that's gonna be a much harder task but still it's got to get better yeah I, i think losing xavier hurts us more on the defensive end than it does on the offensive end um, just because of the ball pressure that he provided, the competitiveness level that he provided on defense. That's difficult to replace, not to mention, you know, I mean, Jalen Huchofino is going to have a heavy burden offensively, you know, for a guy who's dealing with some physical issues and as a freshman, you know, it's kind of hard to ask him to be that guy on both ends, you know, carry that burden offensively, you know, also be your, you know, tone setter defensively out on top. I mean, that's what Indiana needs him to do, but that's tough. Uh, and so that's where losing X and his consistency from a defensive standpoint, even though it, he'd struggle, he was a little bit up and down this year, but that was kind of how the team was. Um, you know, so you might have to adjust expectations a little bit for, you know, what the math is going to look like to win games. And that means the defense is probably not going to be quite as good, but it does look like the offense is a little bit better with some improved shooting. And I think you can make up for the loss of X a little bit easier on the offensive end. But if this team is actually going to fulfill their goals, just because the math equation is a little bit different, doesn't mean the defense still doesn't need to get better, you know? Um, and so that's, to me, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing heading into Big Ten play. They've got to get the defense back to where they can count on it to keep them in games. Uh, and then with a better offense, now you should be able to win 12, 13 games, you know, whereas last year you won nine of them. Um, but someone's going to have to step up and provide that intensity and tone setting. And I thought to your point, coach, I thought CJ really did that a lot tonight, you know, really getting into people out front, you know, and he's obviously not ready to take on a huge role, but that's the kind of thing you're going to need with X out. Cause that's, you know, he yeah. brought that so well on defense. Uh, Jim strange has a lingering question. He says, what's up with Trey? Hasn't even been looking to shoot. Do you guys think uh, Galloway the last couple of games, um, 
there's been any anything to be concerned about. Uh, I don't think he needs to shoot. I think when he's open uh, to hit one or two every once in a while, be a threat. I do like his slashing and passing, and I think that's he, he had a tough game at Kansas uh, tonight. He was more of a distributor, had some really nice passes, I thought. Uh, but for me, I don't think anything's up with Trey. Trey's being Trey, and, and when he's open, he shoots. But we want other people probably to shoot more. Um, agree, disagree? Yeah, I mean, I generally agree with you. I think, you know, look, he's you know taken 14 threes this year and made six of them, and he's been really efficient on his twos as well. So, you know, he's picking his spots nicely. And I think, you know, what you are seeing from him this year is not as many of those one for six, oh, for seven games, you know, that, that you would see last year. Um, and so he's been much better this year at being, you know, a, a positive on offense without taking, you know, a lot off the table. But yeah, I think, you know, as you continue to go forward, that's the other thing that, you know, with X out, that's another, you know, reliable outside shooter um, that's not there. And so if Trey's going to play, especially if he's going to be playing with Jalen, he's going to need to step up and make some of those catch-and-shoot threes. So I don't have a huge issue with it tonight, but I do think, you know, as we go forward, he needs to be a guy that when he's open is ready to step up and shoot him. And he has been for most of this year, yeah. um, but for whatever reason, you know, didn't shoot a lot tonight. Nope. Well, it's All also right, harder uh, when without that lead ball handler and he's in there and he's got to also distribute you know maybe his first thought is move the ball instead of shoot it so um, he'll have to get used to that all these guys are gonna have to get used to new roles especially on the perimeter and that's one of the benefits of tonight you got a lot of players out there you got some film got some learning opportunities to find that right mix to fill in until uh, x hopefully can come back all right, coming up this week, we have AC Radio, uh, Assembly Call Radio on Thursday and another game on Friday, December 23rd uh, versus uh, Kennesaw State. And then IU takes 12 days off uh, before they travel uh, on a Thursday night in January to Iowa. Um, so remember to uh, check out our friends at homefieldapparel.com. Uh, uh, use our promo code HOME at checkout to get 15% off of your uh, first order. Uh, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU post game show, and guys, it's time for a last call. Ryan, your your last thoughts on on this 96-72 victory uh, by your Indiana Hoosiers. It was nice to see these guys get rolling a little bit and and sort of have a blowout game where you can get some bench guys in there, get Anthony Leal back in the game, Nate uh, Childress in there, uh, but also to see some of these bench guys play and and stretch their legs a little bit and show, hey, you know. We can play too. Logan Duncan got 17 minutes. CJ Gunn got 19. Caleb Banks got 11. I mean, they were out there and they were contributing and they look like they can play at the college basketball, you know, play at the college level, play college basketball. Uh, Indiana could use those guys. You got a thinner bench now. You've got a thinner starting lineup. You're going to have to rely on the guys you gave scholarships to. Logan Duncan earned more playing time. He should play a lot against Kennesaw State. CJ Gunn should play some time against Kennesaw State. Caleb Banks, give him a shot. Uh, I, you know, Tamar Bates at 22 tonight. I think they took him out just because they were giving run to the, to the other guys, uh, in the second half, but he's proving that he can be a guy you can rely on. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that was the big story of tonight is those guys, those three guys in particular, uh, Banks, Gunn and Duncan, who haven't been playing that much, they can play, give them a chance to earn some time because you're going to need them. I mean, this injury stretch has shown that you're going to need those depth guys when your top guys don't play. Trey Galloway has a bad game. Give CJ Gunn some run. You know, Miller Cobb's not hitting his shots. Let Caleb Banks try something. Maybe he's a little uh, more athletic defensively, can make some, create some turnovers, whatever. I just think that the depth needs to be utilized, and tonight those guys proved that, that it probably does. 
Jared, your last call. You know, I heard and saw several people say leading into this game that, you know, the, this game and the Kennesaw State game were meaningless and there's nothing to learn from them. And I push back on that, you know, both in our community and on Twitter, um, because I don't think that's true, especially given what Indiana is coming off of, you know, from a loss perspective. Now, I think you have to be careful what lessons you take from a game like this. You know, Race Thompson, I thought, played really well tonight. I don't take a lot from his offensive production because it's not the kind of thing that we have seen against better competition. He doesn't get those opportunities, you know, and against bigger, stronger guys, he can't convert quite like that. So I give him all the credit in the world for coming out and leading and doing what Indiana needed to do in this game. But that's, I don't take that as saying like, oh, you know, race got on track offensively and this is going to carry forward. But what I do take is for a team that's really been struggling from a rebounding perspective, holding a team to one rebound. For a team that has had their competitiveness questioned, they came out and competed better. Um, and I think it stinks that Trace is not healthy enough to play in every game, but I think sitting him uh, was a positive, both to get him rest, because you're not going to learn anything about Trace in a game like this, but you get him rest and you give other guys a chance to play, uh, you know, and you get Jalen Hutcherfino 30 good minutes to help get into a rhythm before Big Ten play. So you have to be careful in these games what lessons you take, but I thought there were some habits that were better tonight, some on the defensive end that are still a concern, um, but there was some meaning to this game, especially for a team coming off a couple of bad performances that needed to right itself and figure out how to play in some new roles. I actually think these games came at a great time for Indiana, uh, and I thought they mostly used their time effectively tonight, and hopefully they can take another step forward against Kennesaw State before the real next evaluation against Iowa, but there's a lot to improve on between now and then, and tonight I thought was a good positive step in the right direction. And I'll piggyback on that uh, just real quickly. I think getting uh, with the X injury, getting players some reps in game time is just valuable. Practice is great. Individual development and workouts great. Getting in the gym late at night and shooting is great. But nothing's better than than learning how to play. C.J. Gunn will learn from tonight. Logan Duncan, and as they're going to be needed to fill in for uh, some of the injuries or foul trouble, the more they play, the better, uh, regardless uh, of who it is. So Indiana wins 96-72. We'll see you again uh, on Thursday. That's it. We're done. No more questions. I got you, Ryan. I got you. you, (laughs) So if if you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, uh, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assemblycall.com. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of RiggsDesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back Thursday to talk IU hoops and again on Friday. Until then, take it from the green light himself. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Hey, the show's over. Here I come, Coach Tonsoni. <laughs> Turn your butt cheeks moving, on. Man. <laughs> Good God, man. <laughs> well done, Coach. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for stepping up there last minute as uh, Meltdown City the happened le- here. The lesson here about that kid meltdown is don't have kids. That's it. That's the, <laughs> as always, that's the takeaway. It's... <laughs>
A <laughs> couple things. Yeah, usually I have multiple screens here with all the boards and everything. So I was operating today on just one computer <laughs> screen. So I hope I didn't screw it up. And then my my new uh, ear earbuds keep falling out. I don't know. I'm old. Maybe I got issues. And then you know, people are busting me for my Iowa Cup, screenshotting me for drinking. Okay, out that's of an fair. Iowa glass. That is fair. Yeah, that's a hundred percent fair. An was, Iowa it, Cup. Come somebody on, posted that on Twitter, and I was like, "What are you doing, man?" Yeah, that's. I didn't even know. I just grabbed it out of the cupboard, put some Diet Coke in it. <laughs> Friend McCaffrey sent it to me. You know, I have, I, I have, I'm real close. He does like Jen's con. Jen's commenting about my hat. It's a little frigid here in Indiana. We're getting blizzard-like conditions soon. In Indiana in the winter? No way. Mm. So no, I, I no problem, Jared. I. I Got a little better handling the board under pressure without preparing. The more I prepare, the more I screw it up, I think. That was good. Ryan, we, we got a lot practice. of comments about how you need some items in your background. Like yeah, you just I got just got, got this desk. Background. I, I just got this desk, guys. This weekend, I'm going to put everything up. Uh, this desk, I, I had, had several misstep, miss uh, fires with, with desks in my new apartment. But all the stuff is right across the room for me. I'm just going to put it up this weekend. Very nice. So hopefully for Friday, if not. For are you going to be here for the Friday show? I am out Friday. I can do Friday. I can't do Thursday. Okay. We'll so. figure that out. Coach, you're hosting Friday, right? I'm hosting Friday. Just be on the lookout. Like, we are getting just hammered with wind, yeah. 30, 40 mile an hour winds and, and stuff. And they're warning about electric outages and everything. Uh, knock on wood. I hope, hope everything's okay. But if for some reason I'm out of business. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going to be down at my, uh, at my in-laws. That's a game's at six. So we should be down there by then. So we'll just have to see. Yeah. But we'll be so, ready. Because. Yeah. You know, it's bad when they're talking like, we haven't seen an event like this since 1983. Oh, geez. Uh, in this part of Indiana. That's what the news people are saying. So. Ouch. All day Friday. Can I, can I have a rant real quick to end us here? So I saw that Purdue uh, put out this stupid graphic that says <laughs> setting the standard. And they've got 74-75 and 75-76 underneath it. And the standard is being the first Big Ten team to be ranked number one in the AP poll in two consecutive seasons since 74-75 and 75-76. Hey, how did what last teams, season end for them? What teams were those? Right, those were the Indiana Hoosiers. They went 36-0 and in Big Ten play, I think it was, or whatever, undefeated in Big Ten play, uh, won a national championship. So, no jackasses you're not setting the standard you're barely following the standard that was already set by the better program to the south congratulations on all of your recent success we're very happy for you we respect your program but you're not setting any damn standard we set the standard so you go keep losing in the sweet 16 seriously that just that just annoyed me don't drop say my last standard. year Jerry. we set the standard in this state what happened at purdue last year i forget peacocks it wasn't one of the greatest uh, nights of my life or anything, but it's what happened to them. Yeah. One of their best teams in school history lost because that's what they do. Yeah. To who? Yeah, no. Come on. And look, Anybody? All, they've been better than us. All credit to them for that. You start, you start trying to enter yourself in sentences with the 75 and 76 Hoosiers. Nah, not having it. They got beat by St. Peter's a 15 seed, by the way. That's what I was leading. <laughs> oh, that's what happened. <laughs> it's their best team in however many years, have a superstar point guard, and you lost to St. Peter's. 
Wah, wah. All right, now I feel good. Do you guys, Jared, Jared knows you, you don't have to live around this stuff. <laughs> like, I get it thrown in my face all the time. Constantly thrown in my face. Uh, hey, what round of the tournament did they uh, did they go out in in 2021? Anybody know? <laughs> oh, that's right, the first round. Yeah. 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 First round of the Big Ten tournament that year, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great mm-hmm. season. Um, yep. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, anyway. All right. There I think that was fun. <clears throat> hey, Andy was at the game tonight, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah was. I didn't know he was going to be there. I didn't either. Good for him. Yeah. Must be nice to be within driving distance of your uh, alma mater. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Would you rather <laughs> be within driving? But if you're within driving distance, then you have to deal with that weather. Right. That's true. So, That's, I'm not, right. That's right. I, I said it must you. be nice. I didn't say I want to do it. It's. <laughs> I spent nine years in Indiana and eleven in the Midwest. I paid my dues to move back to San Diego. Uh, I survived. You can you can appreciate it. Like I absolutely can, and uh, never want to do it again. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. All right, gents. Hey, uh, Jared. Do you need me to send this audio? I think I I recorded it. Um, no, I'm going to, I'll okay. download it straight from Streamyard, So I'll handle okay. that. All right. Very good. I got it. All right, everybody. Uh, well, if I don't talk to you all, you guys and the audience before Christmas, have a wonderful Christmas, wonderful time Thank with you. your families, you too. safe travels, yeah. wherever you're going, uh, and have fun. All right. You too, buddy. Yep. Cool. Later guys. We'll see you. See y'all.